0: Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen, getting ready for the week ahead. Good evening, Rob. How's everything?
1: Oh, been a busy day. Um, I hope everybody uh, took good care of their mamas. Uh, We're all here because at one time we had a mama. So (laughs) even if you've lost yours or whatever, um, you know, we have to be very thankful and respectful for our mothers. So it was a good day and, um, you know, Let's uh let's get ready for uh next week here and um talk about some I think review a little bit of how we got to where we are at because to me
2: that's really important is always context. And um I've got a map of the market. Can you see it, Dave? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's on the screen. Okay, good. So this is the one day performance, and um we can see uh that Tesla, you know, was a, a big factor in, like, mega cap not performing that well. Amazon down as well. Google stayed strong on Friday, but not as strong as it had been. Um, but a lot of these mega caps were, were doing pretty good for the week, and then they kind of rolled over on Friday. So, in a sense, they were kind of holding up the markets is the way I looked at it. Um, and it's very, sort of very mixed. You can see kind of the stock picking going on. I don't you know, some of it has to do with some of the news that we'll, we'll kind of bring forward as far as what happened through the week. Um, but, you know, it seems to be, uh, you know, like an <laughs> example is, uh, you, know, you know, obviously PayPal, you know, got hit in in the payment area and the other ones were holding up better. Um, it had more specific news on it. But here you have NVIDIA down and Avco up, right? Look at Texan, you know, or uh, how about. Intel up, AMD down. You know, for the day. So it just seems to be a lot of um, stock picking and sort of or rotating a bit into others. So let's roll this to the uh, one week, and that gives you a picture of how we got here. Google very very strong, big driver. And other than Friday, Amazon was strong. Tesla was down for the whole week, but Friday was a, a factor in, and of course, its total performance. Disney had some you know, some specific things going on. And um, I had mentioned to um, the BTM group about uh, going short Disney and long Netflix on the prospects. And that was on the day before this uh, meltdown occurred here uh, where Disney dropped a lot and uh, Netflix rallied. Uh, So I brought that to their attention of of, uh, potential opportunity and I'm not in the recommendation business. I'm not an advisor, but uh, I do see uh, potential uh, relationship-based trades out there. And um, uh, we had we had an okay day on uh, on the oils on Friday. You can see they ha- they held in there okay, but uh, for the week, uh, oil was still soft. And that's that's kind of on this growth prospect. So as you look at this whole map. Um, some of the the news elements that happened during the week is is why we've ended up with these kind of results. And so let's roll to the uh, sectors here, so you can see how they've done. Communication services, again, because of Google and Meta to some degree, and and some of the um, other stocks in the communication sector, which isn't you know flush full as you would have in financials or whatever, but uh, That's why we came out on top for the week there, but you can see that um, it started to slip a little bit on Friday. And cyclical was also uh, doing well for the week, but really got hit on Friday. And we'll explain why in a minute here. Um, On the bottom of the pile, basic materials, it rose a little bit on Friday because of the US dollar actually creeped up. Um, So I found that, Interesting that it was. It probably would have been a lot stronger had not the dollar, you know, done that. But um, it, it, you know, was was down in the bargain basement here for the week. But on Friday it it did raise its head a little bit. So that's one area I'm looking a little bit forward on and saying still I'm still keeping a close eye on the dollar and looking for this to really be strong if we get another good pullback, because to me that
2: holding up there like that, in spite of the dollars rally on Friday, um, that's a good sign to me, okay? So um, it's kind of like that
1: divergence, you know, when you're looking at cause and effect and you see something that is an anomaly to what should or shouldn't be happening, that can help you dial into where there's, it's, it's like with the VIX, if the VIX was to suddenly rally but the market's not selling off, or the mark or the VIX was just decline, uh, but the market's not rising. These are tells, and you've got to say, okay, well, what then might be going on behind the scenes? Um, something has to give here. You can't have that situation where volatility keeps dropping and yet the market's not really rising. Okay. So let's put it onto the fifteen minute chart here of the spy. This is for the week that we just had. And we we'll roll back here to last Friday. You can see that we had this gap up and we had a really strong high signal type of a day on Friday. Okay. Then you were expecting maybe we might see some follow through from that or we might, um, you know, just hang out. And we decided to kind of hang out in that mid range and traded mostly sideways all week from the open on Monday. But in doing that sideways action there was a lot of reversals you can see how much back and forth action we had so why is that well there's this concern about the debt ceiling and that still persists and the reason is there was a meeting on Tuesday that Biden had with the uh, congressional leaders and they're supposed to meet again on Friday except that that meeting got postponed until early next week so there's negotiations still going on. We still don't have a resolution. And, um, you know, this is still now a concern kicked down to the to the next week. And
2: that, that may continue to go on. We don't know. But that is a definite concern for the market. I mean, there's been a lot of sort of
1: really negative projections about what might happen if we do not increase the debt ceiling. And there's a big pushback about why do we keep doing this? Why are we in this cycle of continuing to raise it? Just, is this going to go on infinitum? You know,
2: that's the concern, right? So somebody has to push back, and that's what's happening. Another thing we had is um, we've got this this uh, concern about growth. And
1: we, we saw that, you know, a little bit come into play on Friday, but it was back and forth for the week as well. So you want to keep your eyes on energy because if, if growth is on the table, energy should, you know, rally. That's what you, you would you would think, right? Um, and that can also pull up like discretionary and things like that. But if if we're really concerned about growth, then uh, you know we know that the consumer is going to cut back. We know that uh, small companies aren't going to produce what is expected large companies might be fully priced in already and not much
2: prospects um, above that. So um, then the other thing we had is um, this concern
1: about the uh, three to five-year inflation. That came out on Friday with the New York Fed survey of consumer expectations. Um, So it's like the long-range forecasts of inflation is still – a little bit more elevated than was expected. It's 3.2% versus three.
2: And that's the highest reading since 2011. Um, But then there's also this uh,
1: expectation of, because of the CPI and the PPI numbers that we had, we had
2: CPI on, was it on Tuesday Mm -hmm. or Wednesday, sorry. Um, Wednesday, I think. let me just check my notes on that. I don't want to mislead you here. Oh, yeah. Tuesday was CPI. Sorry, Wednesday was PPI. So what what happened from that is um, we got this uh,
1: sort of little bit better than expected. Like things are working. Maybe there's no need for the Fed to raise rates in June, maybe they'll be keeping the you know, rate rate hikes on hold uh, for the June meeting. So that's kind of what's in play there. So some of these rallies that we had um, can be attributed to that backdrop about, yeah, we just had the, the May meeting, you know, things went kind of as expected. We were hopeful back in March and April a little bit, but then the reality set in and yeah, it was kind of as expected, but now we're looking at June And maybe they won't hike. Okay, Maybe they'll pause for a month at least. And so some of these rallies are attributed to that. And the other declines are attributed to concerns about inflation, concerns about growth, um, concerns about the banking sector. Obviously, we had PACW uh, really uh, take it on the chin. Again, let's just take a look at that. Um, Things aren't going so well in uh, that department there. So... They've had some rallies, and 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 they're, and they're stunning rallies when you've been down so much, you know. Um, and there's probably a lot of short interest, which we can see here as a percentage of the float, 17%. So if there was to be really good news that gained some traction and had some real legs, some real substance behind it, you know, uh, the shorts would would definitely want to cover if this thing's going to go back to where it came from. So you can see the problem here, but. Um, you know, still the uh, regional bank concerns are there, even in spite of, you know, the positives that have happened along the way. So that's a bit of an overhang to the market as well. So I rattled it off. I think we covered debt ceiling. We, we've got banking still an issue. We've got um, the um, the growth uh, concerns. And, and then also one more, we've got the... Um, the treasury note this this week here rose seven basis points, and the ten year rose um, one basis point to three forty six so the dollar rose this week as well a little bit so um, overall, again, interest rates still you know showing a little bit of upside there and um, and you got to balance that again with what the market's expecting and this push and pull this dug aware constantly. all right, so um We'll roll over to cover some things here Dave can talk about. Let me pull it up on the screen.
2: The first thing is we've got some earnings this week here, Dave.
0: Yeah, so um, some big ones starting on Tuesday. A lot of it has to do with the theme of retail. So Tuesday, Home Depot is going to be a big one. And then on Wednesday, Target. And Thursday, Walmart. So that's going to give a lot of... Um, light and as to how the consumer is holding up. Are they cutting back? Are they feeling the, the inflationary bite and uh, really changing their habits? And then Friday, John Deere. So that's more of industrial. So the, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, going to be big re- retail kinds of earnings. Um, there's other ones as well, um, but uh, those are the, the key ones. Um, in terms of economic reports, we have... Um, Not too much here. We have um, some some Fed speak here and there. The Tuesday, U.S. retail sales report, um, industrial production, and on Wednesday, housing starts and building permits. Uh, Thursday, some jobless claims, and F- uh, Powell's going to speak on Friday um, with Bernanke. So, so the, again, it's going to be how the F- Fed might uh, pause or continue to to re- increase rates, but it's really how's the consumer holding up and then um, how, how's retail doing? Those are the big the big themes for the week.
1: <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna pop up uh, copper here. Um, copper has been in decline because of the growth concerns, but we know that the world is still looking forward to, um, you know, the, the world is still looking forward to alternative energy from oil um, and that requires a lot of copper. And so we have a merger. Um, Originally, Newmont bought Goldcorp. I interviewed the former CEO of that um, on one of the podcasts you can look for. Um, And so uh, he was with Goldcorp at the time. But uh, now Newmont's buying something that's even bigger than Goldcorp. It's um, Newcrest out of Australia. And it's 0.4 shares of Newmont to one of Newcrest. There's also a dollar ten dividend, special dividend that will be paid to Newcrest shareholders, and um, and this represents a thirty percent premium over uh, the price that it's trading at now. Uh, on the OTC market, it's symbol NCMGY, and it's uh, trading also on Toronto under symbol NCM. Um, so, what does this what does this mean? This means that Newmont is increasing its stake of copper and of gold, uh, both that Newcrest has. So Newmont's even becoming bigger. Why are they doing it after gold has rallied so much? I mean, they're getting a discount here on copper relative to that, but gold has had a pretty significant rally over the last couple of years. And, uh, and you know, they're willing to pay a premium of 30%, which is substantial for uh, for this entity. Um, I think there's, I think there's something brewing in, uh, gold land. I'm not a gold bug per se, but I think that we need to be really attentive to the pullbacks in the gold area. You know, when we get those discounted days, cause they do cycle back up pretty quickly and rally again, we got to watch that us dollar of course, because That's going to be key to the whole basic materials group and commodities in general. But like even with an elevated dollar still, uh, gold has performed really well. And, you know, you got to look at how has gold done on an inflation adjusted basis over the last 50 years. And it's, (laughs) it's not too bad actually because of the decline of the purchasing power of the dollar. So keep that in mind. Um, So, yeah, I think there's uh, there's something brewing here in the, in the gold patch.
2: And, uh, I'll pull up another chart, Dave, you can comment on. Let's see what we've got here. So
1: this is the first of some slides. This is the Q's performance um, for this mid-month. We're looking at mid-month performance is the key here. Um,
0: Yeah, Yeah, so for the month, the Q's are expected to do quite a bit better than the Spider, 1.73% for the month. But the mid-month seasonality is really robust for the Qs relative to the the spider. Okay. Um, we're we got. to do one point zero one percent for the Qs and zero point seven percent for the spider. So a pretty good uh, mid-month seasonality is expected. Okay. Um, in the, if you look at small caps as well, they're even better. The IWM is expected to do one point six seven. Relative to the 0.7 of the spider, so um, small caps might have some, some legs this week, and um, again with Nasdaq stocks as well.
2: Yeah, and I mean it is to-
0: important yeah.
1: to point out the Nasdaq in general because it's it's had the leadership, it's been strong, um, and a big part of that's been these mega caps. Uh-huh. And um, you know, as far as where we're at, I might as well just point that out. So uh, for the week. For the week, we had the Dow Jones down 1.1%. NASDAQ was actually up for the week 0.4. S&P was down 0.3, and Russell was down 1.1. Now, for the year to date, as of Friday, Dow Jones up a measly 0.5, NASDAQ up 17.4, S&P up 7.4, and Russell down minus 1.2. So the, um, the discounted ones are obviously the Dow and the Russell, the Russell might get resolved in a summer rally if things go well. I don't know. Um, the Dow might get more resolved compared to the other ones. If we have a real down cycle in the market where the Dow holds up better and then NASDAQ gives back, you know, the gains that it's been trying to achieve this year so far. Um, so that's kind of a consideration. Dave, you're going to have to comment on just these things that um, as they come up because they're not in any particular order. So um any anything else to add to that slide on the screen? If no, that's, not, I'll just... that's expected in the small caps relative. To... Okay, here's the small cap one here. One point six seven versus yeah. 0.7 for mid month seasonality, which mid month seasonality is the ninth through fourteenth business day of the month, and so um, we're starting on, on, Friday. on Friday really is is kind of the first day, but because of the way the week went and the numbers that we had on Friday, it put a Debbie Downer on 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 that. And we really didn't get this, this launch. So I think we're looking into mid month here, starting on Monday. So I would give it a good run. And we, we culminate in expiration Friday, which is still slightly positive, right? Mm -hmm. So, so let's just package the mid month seasonality into Monday through Friday, finishing with the expiration event. Then um, the last five trading days start on the, um, Wednesday, actually, because the 29th is a
2: holiday, right? Yeah. So um, the last five trading days are split by a long weekend. And the last trading day of the month, for some reason, is softer uh, historically. So
1: keep that in mind. Okay, let's get to the next slide here. What do we got? Treasuries. Oh, we got something before that. Hold on. We got this here. Let's talk about this. Yeah, this is the ETFs that... Our in mid-month seasonality, is showing strength in things
0: like biotech, XBI, and um, IDB. Also strength in the oils, USO and XOP, and strength in some of the high beta stuff, the ARKK, um, and also uh, SMH and SOX. So that ties in with the NASDAQ strength as well, so and XLE. So strength in oils, strength in big beta uh, tech, and even gold, the GDXJ, and a little more weakness in some of the defensive stuff, such as XLP and real estate. And um, the XRT is your retail um, ETF, so that might be a little bit weaker, too. It depends, But this is going to be driven by earnings this week. It's going to be that Home Depot, Target, and Walmart going to dictate what happens with the XRT. So strength in oils, chips,
1: high beta stuff, um, that's what that slide shows. <clears throat> Well, let's look at let's look at this then. Um, you can kind of see how everything's shaped up. So, like if you look at the year to date and so far for the month and then for the week, right? You can see how the communications even a be- better than the Nasdaq overall, mm-hmm. right? And Qs are just the Nasdaq 100, not the whole Nasdaq, so they're a little bit stronger. But again, the, the mega cap um, component there and xly because you have tesla and uh, amazon in the xly right Mm -hmm. so then uh, on xlf obviously you know all the financials have have been taking it on the chin you know so there is there is argument sometimes for you know these things to sort of swing back but if there's really a, a terrible macro going on it may take time for it to work itself out so um what you get end up here is not not this mean reverting like not xlc coming down and xlf going up in that pure sense of mean reversion but you get just volatility because you get these short squeeze type rallies and then it, it goes back down and then you get another squeeze and it goes back down that kind of thing um and then this this may just sort of taper off and not actually mean revert back down it might just for, find a new level to trade in so sometimes it's not the best to always be picking out the you know the best performer and the worst performer and pairing them together looking for mean reversion. Um, sometimes it's better to operate you know more in the noise area, not in the you know in the extremes. So I found that especially when my pair traders were putting together you know combinations of pairs for a portfolio. If they use the same methodology to select all the pairs, they eventually got themselves into a problem. Like if they used only a value composite to pick everything, then if it was sell value and buy growth, you know, you were kind of taking it on the chin on all the pairs. So think about mixing it up a little bit. Don't don't always use the same measuring stick for everything that you do because you get could have really good performance or really bad performance instead of more of a, you know, an average run rate, a kind of a blended performance, uh, you know, volatility reduced. You want lower variance, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes think about you know what's possible in the middle and not always at the extremes. Does that make sense? I've totally seen that. Yeah. I, going- <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely, we've seen that. So um Bringing up uh, crude oil here again, um, the dollar strength putting a little bit of pressure on it, more so than we saw with the basic materials, just because of um, oil, you know, uh, has that growth implication as well. So, um, but we had a great reversal last week, and we rallied off of that, and um, and then it just kind of gave that back. So. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to find, you know, some solid support in here and, and, you know, have uh, opportunities for rally. And if we can get some sentiment back on the table as far as the prospects for the world economy, um, you know, oil could could gain again. But it's certainly out of favor at the moment here. Um, Let's find something else. You wanted to. Comment on anything on Treasuries here. I mean, no, this is the ten-year. Yeah, we
0: we were we were pretty high at one point, but um, yeah, I guess the thing is the bond market doesn't believe that the Fed can keep hiking rates higher or keep it as long keep it higher for, right. for long
1: right. So that's what this right. showed. Um. So what else do we got here? Um. Let's go to our.
2: Let's see, let's go to here. Um. Uh, Let's take a look at um, the futures. Where we're at now here.
1: So, pretty flat. <laughs> yeah, everything. So across the board here, Dow, S and P, you know, all kind of like not knowing what to do with itself. Maybe partly because that meeting for the debt ceiling was kicked down the road from Friday to sometime this week. Um, yeah, so nothing much going on there. Let's take a look at the VIX here, because, you know, we are in the lower threshold again around that 1850. And it looked like at one point we were going to head down towards kind of 15, but we didn't quite get there. Um, But it's still, still fairly discounted, but it might stay, you know, doing this chop thing. Of all the years that we looked at when the VIX time tends to get lower, and it it often is in the April to May time frame and then picks up sometimes in the summer again. Okay, uh, what else we got? Let's just take a look at gold since I was looking at it earlier. Here's gold. And you can see how that does seem to pull back and, and bounce again, staying really elevated. Let's look at it on the monthly. I mean, either, either there's a, you know, glass ceiling here, (laughs) Uh right. Or we're going to see, we're going to see once this gets through, if it can get through and clear this area, um, the prospects, you know, might be rather stunning. You know, there have been some predictions that, uh, we'll see gold up at the 26 to 2800 level, um, that'd be, that'd be fine. I, I just like looking for pullbacks on this. And, uh, you know, I look at the the current political state, you know, I look at the concerns that are going on geopolitically and war's not over and, you know, currencies are under pressure. And I, I, I take a look at what's happening with the petrodollar, you know, history and 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 current reality and i think that uh there's some pressure on the dollar and if that happens to decline further um then uh, that glass ceiling on that gold might get broken and it might really do that rally so anyway that's my take on it um dave thank you for your time uh hopefully uh people have a good trading day next week it is mid-month seasonality culminating in expiration Friday, so give it all you got, and we'll talk to you next week. Good luck.